brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another famous, award-winning suds segment where we are particularly excited about what we are going to talk about today. Um... <laughs> that's, that's someone was that's, exci- that's that's how excited I am. Wow. Just wow. so you guys know. And Yikes. we are very particularly <laughs> excited about the beers that we drink in general. They absolutely have to be within arm's reach. That's a fact. Sure. And I think we got plenty at arm's reach today, wouldn't you say? Joining me at the table today is good old boy Caperton. Oh. Hello everyone. I this may be the first time I've was first. Yes. I'm just seated in the I'm right next to you. Yeah. Hi everyone. <laughs> Reverend Mark. Hello everyone. Good to be here on this beautiful day with great people. Yay. Yeah. Good boy Kendall. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Yay. I'm looking forward to sharing this with y'all. I know. Good boy Dave. Let's get this over with. only you would say that all right (laughs) he did (laughs) well i am a good old gal juliana and that's what she said exactly and not to age me but like i'm feeling like that moment from highlander movie where it's like we're getting ready for the gathering and all these Okay, does anyone ever like remember? A hot yeah, flash? I remember, kind of remember. That was Sean Connery. Yes. R.I.P. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Oh, yeah. And the, the characters that are still alive are getting together for like the final battle, the final countdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it's that because it's the final countdown of the best beers, you know, of the year. Yeah. Trying to work in like a stretch kind of it, British baby. pop metal reference to this. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> who who was that? Europe. Was such a terrible song. <laughs> With such a outstanding name of a band. Anyways. They were pretty big. Not as big as Asia. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire today. You are on that's well deserved. <laughs> and the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> That was for you. <laughs> That's good. That was good. All right. 2020. It's been a year of politics, protests, and a pandemic. Boy. COVID-19 has touched all of us and touched our lives in ways none of us could have predicted. Despite, no, not despite, but because of all the losses, challenges, and hardships, we found new ways to come together. And whether we're masked up six feet apart or talking over each other on a Zoom meeting... We're still staying connected, and thank God for that. And hey, despite it all, we've still got beer. And thank you to all the breweries out there that, in spite of everything, have been making this fine elixir of life, which has helped keep us going. 
I think they've done great industry-wide. Yes, really, yes, yes. I mean, you talk about heroes, mm-hmm. man, yeah, yeah. the brewers are the heroes. And the ones who are yeah. making crappy beer, we're going to give you a pass. Yeah. <laughs> it's you okay. get this year off. Yeah, this is yeah. the one. This is your <laughs> one, your pass. Yeah, the beer metrics have been lowered, and we're glad you're here <laughs> if you're here. But I think I do think the craft beer industry deserves a, a, a tip of the hat for absolutely. Yep. You've seen yes. a really sort of stepping up to these problems, trying to work a way around them. Yep. You've you know? seen a lot of breweries doing a lot of interesting things just to try to stay in business, yeah. uh, just yeah. to keep the doors open. I mean, yeah. one of my favorite local breweries brought beer to my house. I mean, that, that home, is home a, delivery was yeah. maybe the best thing about yeah. 2020. And I think there's going to you're going to see a lot of that of uh, innovations that have come through all That'll this. be interesting to see how yep. much yeah. of this stuff stays. Yeah. Well, before we we're, today we're going to be celebrating our best of 2020 in all ways. But before we get into all of that, this sud segment is brought to you by Odoron Hey, it's a new world out there and new rules apply. You want to be a good citizen and you want to follow the rules, but sometimes it's hard to keep the distance in social distancing. That's where Odoron comes in. This deodorant, I mean odorant, doesn't come in traditional scents like baby powder or spring rain. Odoron comes in scents like sweaty socks, sour milk, and my favorite, hint o vomit. Woo, that's pungent. So when you're ready to get out of the house, but you want to keep that six-foot perimeter, wear the spray that makes them stay away. Odoron. Well, we haven't been able to go to beer fests, tap rooms, or Mm. bottle shares as much this year. But just as breweries have shown their resiliency and kept beer brewing and brewing beer, we on this show have remained dedicated to our mission to try as many new beers as possible. Each host has looked back and pick something that stood out to them. We'll talk about those beers and share any that we have on hand. We'll also hear from some of the hosts who couldn't be with us today. Before we get started, however, good old boy Kendall, please give us the Suds ratings for today. We'll be discussing and rating these beers with these Suds ratings, plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. That sucks. Give me anything but a bud. I just realized I didn't give the number. That's one. <laughs> that was one. So, well, it's not like I haven't screwed these up before. boy. <laughs> number two. Was that a belch? See, I'm screwing it up. Was too. it? Number three. <laughs> ah, what a relief. This is actually our first episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> number four. A body should really not make that sound. And five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Okay. So, amongst all of our conversations today, let's get to the beer first. All right. Yes. Good boy, Kendall. Why don't you tell us what was your favorite of the year well this time of the year is a time to celebrate so it's uh it's been a weird year for me and it's been a weird year for everybody but usually my number one beer the top beer is something i've experienced in my broad beer travels you know i get to travel i used to get to travel a lot to go to a lot of different beer events all over the country and taste a lot of amazing beer that hasn't happened this year I have drank a lot of amazing beer um, locally. Uh, drink 
lots of good beer from Nashville Brewers, but not ex- not got out there like I used to. So this year, when the Sierra Nevada celebration hit the stores in mid-October, I got really excited. I love this beer. And this is a beer many beer fans love and know. They wait for celebration to come out. This is Sierra's fall seasonal. It is so good. Big caramelly notes balanced with big Mm. piney and citrusy hop notes. The bitterness and the maltiness of this works so well together. And and I'm kind of glad they don't make this year round because it is so special when it does come out. And I know I've probably gone through at least five or six six packs of this. Of course, sharing with friends, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I have bought a lot of celebration this year and it's such a beautiful, wonderful beer. And when I had to think about what was my beer of the year this year, that this is it. It's just so satisfying. Oh my god, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> and um, you know, to me this is a five. I don't I I, I might get yeah. some disputation from that, but not at this table, buddy. I've got a rule and I that rule is I don't disagree with Kendall when he's right. <laughs> <laughs> um but and you know, uh this beer comes out. You can start seeing it in some stores early October. It's everywhere in November, yeah. into December. When you're listening to this show, there still might be some on the shelves. A lot of times it doesn't last past New Year's, but yeah. sometimes you can find it if you look for it into yeah. January. There are a lot of dumb yeah. people in your town. There'll be some left and, over. And you know, it shelves reasonably well. It it's, does. it's a big it beer, does. so it stands yeah, the test. But this, this beer is wonderful. I look forward to it every year. And... What was so great about having it this year is the year's almost over. I'm ready for 2020 to yeah. be done. Yep. I think Absolutely. I would like to say yep. Kendall Kendall's right. I think it bears to point out that it, he used a lot of sort of semi-scary words there, like big pine. Yeah. I think this beer is so drinkable, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. like, the, uh, those things yeah. are all true, that, yeah. but it's such a drinkable. What's the ABV? It's like six and a half. Okay. I believe. Uh, six eight. You're close. Six, eight, yeah, yes, yeah. it's just That's perfect. Yeah, though. I mean, yeah. this is this is gold standard stuff. Yeah, this is yeah. a beer to judge beers by. Actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally on board with this. I mean, and I I have been buying a case of celebration every year, at least a case mm-hmm. when it comes out for 20 years. I mean, it's just been and and at one time that was like one of the only holiday beers. You know, among sure, two or three that sure. you would find. Yeah, yeah. but uh, he I buys still, a case. He only drinks one of them. It's weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, and and it's just there. There's a, a an elegance to it. A, it. There's a simplicity in a certain way. I, I know that they use the three C's on their hops: the Centennial, Chinook, yeah. and and, and uh, Cascade. It's a it's a classic West Coast IPA in the in every best sense. And even though it's got a great caramel color. That's not. It's not too heavy. Well, I think that's the that gives it the seasonal sort of quality yeah, that it has. exactly. You know, it's sort of it's, a sort of a fall slash winter. It's beer. a little more caramelly than say torpedo, which yeah. is a, they're all around yeah. big right. IPA. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's a rough one. For yeah. Me. yeah, I mean it's good. It's a great it's, beer, but this is way more drinkable. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is great. Like and, the name says. Yeah, yeah, and in a year where things have not been normal, and we've all had to, you know shift gears, modulate and go and fly off the cuff. Hats off. Yeah. To we Sierra could all Nevada. Use a little celebration. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And for maintaining that consistency that, you know, yeah. helps us realize that yes, this year is yeah. almost through and we're getting and we are 
getting through it. It's yeah, just a yeah, little bit said. of normalness yeah, from a year. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, 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 it con- it's a connotation of of continuation yeah. that things are still connected somehow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Kendall, thanks nice for bringing work. this. Good beer. We'll be yes. back in a minute with more beer. Welcome back, everyone. So today is a very special episode for us. It's our year-end, like, beer in review, our best beers of the year. Next, we are going to hear from Reverend Mark. What was your favorite beer of the year? Well, you know, and there have been several that have been just sort of like my cellar beers that I've kept close. And, you know, we've all been staying at home uh, more than not. And uh, so to me, kind of the rule of craft beer and it's sort of the quintessence of craft beer is that you enjoy it local and fresh. And this is about as local and fresh as you can get. It's from East Tennessee, but not that far down the road. And it's the Blackberry Farm IPA. It's an unfiltered IPA. Might want to. Uh, I know it's it's considered a bicoastal in that it's it's a little bit hazy, but it's not the 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 Nipa haze to it. Um, and I also just you know have to give a shout out to to Travis Hickson, who is the 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 brewmeister at uh, Blackberry Farm, just doing tremendous work. And I first I first sampled this in their actual brewery uh, this this summer, um, and uh, also kudos to them for. Uh, for managing their tap room in a socially distanced and safe way. Nice. Uh, they yeah. did really good work along those lines. This is a, a beer that's also fermented from what Travis is telling me at a low ambient temperature uh, with cold yeast. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And so you get a little bit of pear notes in this, yeah. you know? And uh, he couldn't give me all the proprietary information about everything, but uh-huh. there's at least six different kinds of hops in this, and they whirlpool it all in the end. Three of the hops that that I know about are Citra, Mosaic, and Galaxy. Um, and it's just, you know, it's like right at, right at 7%, 60 IBUs, and it just... It has been my go-to beer. I mean, I, I brew my own beer, which I I, I like most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but this has been the the you know six pack after six pack that yep. I just have yeah. to drive a quarter mile down the road and find it. And, it's in the grocery store. Yeah. So th- and this is my <laughs> in this area. In the, which yeah. Is in this area. Yeah. And there have been several others, but this is the one that I definitely would give a five to. Yeah. Awesome. There's there's some great flavor. I agree, Reverend Mark. This is a great beer. In fact, uh, I I was able to catch up with some buddies. Uh, We built the fire and all sat like 10 feet apart around a fire. And I took my little cooler bag. I had Celebration and Blackberry Farm IPA in it. So I think this beer stands up nearly just as good as uh, what what I brought to the table today. I love this IPA. Yeah. It's a great one, for and sure. And this one's lighter. It's a light beer. I mean, it's it, it has uh, no crystal malt to it, and uh, so those hops pop even even more so. Yeah. Um, I'm just and and from what I understand, the sales of this are just they're yeah. just spiraling yeah. good yeah. In, yeah. in in a very uh, profitable direction. They've for them. grown their brand away yeah. from just the saisons, saisons, yeah. which I love. Don't yep. get me wrong; those are world class saisons, mm-hmm. but they. They bring that same sort of world class attitude that they everything Blackberry Farm related. Well, just the way he said they make it too shows like some innovation. They're not, uh, yeah, they're not half half halfway guys, you know. True that. 
No, and every, you know, it's interesting to me that every one of their beers, no matter how big, no matter how bold they are, there's still this delicacy to them that I really absolutely yeah. love. Yeah. I mean, when they're I think classy of classy beers, when I think of artisanal, <laughs> like the resort. Yeah. yeah I, they're, when they're I, classy. Yeah. When I think of artisanal, I think yeah. of Blackberry yeah, the, Farms. And that's, that's their And everything approach. that they do. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm so happy that they're able to thrive, you know, in this. Their Pilsner, I'm going to mention it just real quick. I mean, it was the same oh, yeah. deal. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. we could not keep it on the shelf here locally. I mean, it, it, was, it was hard out. to find yeah. because yeah. it sold so fast. It was so yeah. good. Yeah. This was a year so, of good pilsners, though. Yeah, it was. But kudos to Blackberry yeah. Farms and what they're doing. And thank you, Reverend Mark, for bringing this. Glad to share it. Yeah. So next up, we're going to hear from another one of our co-hosts and their best of 2020. Good old boy Tim here with the Sip, Suds, and Smokes best of 2020 Sud segment. We've got another year in the books and another year of my continued love affair with everything coming out of Zebulon Artisan Ales in Weaverville, North Carolina, just outside of Asheville. My pick this year is the Beer de Coupage, or as we call it in Tennessee, Beer de Cuppage. This beer is a 50-50 blend of a double dry hop saison and a two-year barrel-aged sour ale fermented with a wild Asheville culture. First time I had this beer and the 10th time I had it, it just has a great sour flavor it's nice and light on the body, but it has a noticeable funk and super bright flavors of lemon and stone fruit. The end result is a complex beer that goes down way too easily. What I really love about this beer is also what I love about Zebulon, and it's just a perfect example of them kind of marrying old and young traditions. They certainly do a lot of beers that recreate historical styles from the 1800s or even earlier, but where I think they really shine is taking those techniques and marrying them with some of the more modern current trends we have, like double dry hopping and isolating local cultures and other cool experimental stuff in the beer world. If you find yourself in the Asheville area or even somewhere in North Carolina, you would do your best to look for this beer decoupage on the shelf and also send me a message because I need a couple more bottles as I drank them all. Cheers. Well, that was a great pick, wasn't it? <laughs> that was. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about good old boy Caperton. 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 Yeah. So, um, like everybody else has already mentioned, it's been a tough year. I, my beer drinking habits have been off kilter. I've been It'll drinking get worse from my it gets better. Exactly. <laughs> it feels that way. It actually feels like it's getting better. But, um, I, I've been drinking from a cellar. I've been drinking a lot of great beers locally. And, um, and then one trip to North, two trips actually to North Carolina. I broke my hand on one and uh, didn't do a whole lot. You should see the other guy. Yeah, it was a blast. But I uh, went back sort of as a do-over and I, I picked up some great beers and I picked this one up. Um, and it's I've got several really great great beers that are brought today this is the one that i would pick though as a as a as a sort of go-to it's fontaflora urday urday nice like, like, name like like every day this yeah is a very beautiful beer so this is uh three percent you guys can check me on that i don't have my glasses on they don't have a whole lot of information it's fooder uh fooder fermented table beer mixed culture so good. that uh 
And so I'm like, it reflects my drinking habits. Like I don't like boozy beers as much as I do beers like this that I can just enjoy and not have to worry about getting all hammered. Um, and it's dude. I mean, I was camping when when I when I went to the farm and bought these, and it was perfect. I mean, I drank. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> drank so much of this, and it's changed a little bit since then. I think this. I wish I had some bottles to. And that's I'd read some reviews from locals that said, yeah, if you sit on this beer, it just turns into something crazy good. But uh, it hatches into something. I give it a five. I mean, it's there. This I've, I would give. Several beers. I could I could think of a few honorable mentions. Zebulon's beer de coupage, embrace the funks, fall saison. Um, again, there. I think every town in America right now during this during this weird period of our history um, has more time on their hands. They're making smaller batches. They're making more creative batches. It's pushed them to think outside the box. Yeah. I, I think it's that a lot of towns have a lot of five beers a lot of people are having to get more creative with their budget and the ingredients but those beers are smaller batches they're not going to distribution you got to live there and and that's and that's unfortunate but uh some of these beers it's like you're lucky if you're around there or you're willing to go there yeah craft beer creativity has gone off the charts this year yeah which is another you know i mean it's it's a silver lining yeah yeah sure the insanity of, of this year but uh you know this one is, is great. Thanks, Dave. Oh, good. Uh, I haven't even tasted it. I'm glad you guys liked it. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Do you have another one that you're letting age? It's a, it's a green. No, this is my last oh, bottle. No. This is my last bottle. It's a green 12-ounce long neck. I mean, come on. I mean, that's, you know. Simplicity they're, they're, at its they're best. smacking me in the head. Dude. It's like, take my money. You yeah. Know? <laughs> no, exactly. But the simplicity of this beer and the flavor for it only being three-ish yeah. percent ABV. I wish we had more of it. It's got a great mouthfeel. It like, does. To be three percent. I mean, it's it's just really nice. These yeah. little Belgian table beers. So a little, a little sourness, a little funkiness. I guess the funk really kind of comes to the front as you age these beers. So, mm. yeah. But it really makes me feel like I'm on the field in France. Good. I'm glad you guys like it. You know it. what I, I mean? It too. And, I mean, and, is, yeah. and just enjoying... The simplicity of everyday life, because at the end of the day, with all the stuff that's going on in the universe, having something that's just simple and beautiful. I was going to say, I bet sitting by the campfire, just kind of chilling, you know, pop open a couple bottles of this. I mean, unless it's a 12-ounce bottle, too, dude. I mean, you can sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. 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 This their their rice lagered saison. I'm going to oh, throw that into that was fantastic. Carolina Gold was a great beer yeah. for the floor. Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, they're yeah. doing some really good stuff, mm. folks. If you haven't made it out to Fonteflora or found any Fonteflora beers, you yeah. owe it to yourself as beer lovers Just to check them out. North Carolina, <laughs> to do a beer trip to North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, ex- exactly. The farm is pretty cool. I like. I was walking around. I didn't really. They didn't have tours or anything. Pandemic, you know. But they had the the doors. They had the garage doors open, and I walked around the back. There's just a couple of my guys back there, like hand bottling beers. Nice. <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yep, what you would expect, it's kind like, of, you yeah, know. Yeah, hey, boys. Like, yeah. it was really nice, though. Nice, nice setup they had Great. there yeah. for sure. Great Very reflective of yeah. North Carolina. Hats sure. off to that state. Yeah, you know? sure, sure. And hopefully, 
next year we can have a yeah, Pontiflora fest, yeah, you know? Yeah. Because I really dug that and dug everything about nice. them. Anyways, um, well, thank you very, good, very much. Good. Good old boy, Dave. Why don't you talk about your best of? All right. So this is a beer we covered in one of our oh, um, yeah. Is It Worth It episodes. And we were talking about like uh, wild, funky, uh, sour beers. And this one was uh, actually from a local brewery, mm-hmm. uh, Southern Grist. And it didn't have candy in it, and it didn't. Um, it's unusual for that. Yeah, it wasn't named yeah. after a breakfast cereal, so that's not was a odd. breakfast sour. This was actually <laughs> called uh, Perpetual Composition. Uh, it's a 5.2 percent Solera style fooder beer, aged seven months in a French Bordeaux, or as I like to say, Bordeaux fooder <laughs> with our mixed culture and then bottle conditioned. There you go. So you're probably going to say it. That they this is this wasn't their first beer where they let the yeast they do this yeah. beer this brewery is known for kettle sours right true true um, but I, I will say this about them when they decide to do a serious beer whether it's an IPA yeah. or a stout or whatever these guys know how to make a good beer they it's do just, they do yeah. the silly beers well yeah I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not taking they, that away hey, from them if you, you want to get a I'm good, just saying this was I think they did one other what was it the Bramble Russell's Bramble well, I can't remember Bramble there yeah. was a small it was a small very small batch yeah. where they actually did an aged sour but um, um but hey if you want to find a good beer slushy in the yeah. summer in Nashville yeah, you yeah, go those, to those are the guys those are the guys and and like whatever they, they may do, be going to hell for that but yeah. whatever well, <laughs> I'm going with them hey at least at least those, yeah. things, those beer slushies will keep them cool Mark's, Mark's more qualified yeah <laughs> but um I I thought this one stood out because we were drinking this with a lot of the I think it was was it Ale Alchemy or Yeah, uh, yeah. Those were really like expensive. The, the forty dollar yeah. bottles and this yeah. one's like fifteen bucks. Yeah, it was. Um and I think it stood up to all those beers. It Agreed. wasn't it does. You know, Agreed. You know, maybe not as totally complex as some of the ones that were fermented in oak and everything, but this one they put all the work into it. The flavor came out. It's smooth. It has great uh, characteristics. Um, I really liked it a lot, and I think we gave it a four on the show, and I think it's still definitely a four. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's very good. It, it is. It's, again, it's um, it's got a simplest. It's simple beer i mean it's not super hard to approach i guess i'm it's not saying nice i'm white not wine I'm, yeah i'm not saying that right i mean i don't i didn't mean it that way i just it does have a complexity but i think it's uh it's a super approachable it's, sour it's pretty straightforward you yeah. know for what yeah. it is but it but there's there's depth to it they did fruited fruited variants of this too. yeah absolutely yeah. this is just the the base beer yeah, yeah it's very yeah. clean yeah um, it is yeah. And that's Ooh, you know I mean I I shouldn't say this but you know say they, it, they, say they, it. they it's it's it tastes like a mixed culture beer from a brewery that does kettle sours does that make sense like yeah, it's got that, that it's got that same sort of clean quality to yeah. it like, like Mark's like they're not getting you know? as wild like maybe those fooders but haven't a, seen a lot of action. It's a beautiful step into the the to the pool, and I'm glad they made it. Yeah. You know, and it's I drank, I've got bottles of it. I brought, I bought multiples. Yeah. at that price. So it's like yeah. the, you know when they step up and make a grown up beer, and it's a 750. We don't, yeah. we don't see those too often anymore. No. So 
Those are going away. Yeah. No, it's great. I, I mean, and this I'm, is a beer I like in that size. I'm happy <laughs> yeah. that they are not only doing what's trendy, yeah, but they're also going yeah. back to like yeah. really good artisanal roots and making some stellar stuff. I mean, I, yeah, they did some great uh, clean pilsners. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, they the pilsners did. were yeah. very they did good. A, they did. Yeah. A, like Almost I said, like southern, these guys, they yeah. put their mind to it. They can make yeah any kind of beer they want, and they're, they're and they're and they're silly beers. Like I said, yeah, are are, are but they're as silly good beers, as any in, yeah. the, in the country. But that's what people are buying. <laughs> yeah, are the silly yeah, beers. They sell every drop they make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, those silly beers. I, I still don't think they're going to be around forever. Uh, and and I think uh, some breweries. Yeah. Are not going to be able to transition. That's all they, they know that, how to do. They can only right. make these, gummy bears. These beer. guys, when the market changes and it goes a different direction, these guys will jump on it and yeah. and be right yeah. there, and will be able to make good quality beer regardless no, of what's hot. Yeah, some of their stouts are like phenomenal. Yeah, you know? they these guys do coconut better than anybody. I'll, yeah. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, the they, broken they, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not BSing there. They do coconut better than anybody in this no, country. Totally, any dude. brewery in this country. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But for as kitschy as they could be with some of the beers that they come yeah. out with, yeah. and believe me, some of their names are very kitschy, yeah. and hey. I like cocktail beers, though. I like those beers. I do. Yeah. I do. They, they get a, It's not something I drink a lot of. Though, sure. You know. But they have a good amount of diversity, and I think that's what's going to keep them moving forward in the future is, good. you know, yeah. the cheesiness, they've got that in spades. But yeah. they also have some good base beers, and, you know, you give them a little room, and they can produce something as beautiful yeah, as, and they as go this one. Yeah. It's, it's delicate. It it's is. Light that's, on the palate. that's what I should have said instead of simple. It was. Yeah. It's delicate. Yeah, it's very. But it is, and for them being like balls out in flavor, yeah. a lot of times yeah. stepping back and refraining. Almost, it was surprising. It's, My first yes. sip to of it, I was control. like, okay, yeah. I didn't expect that. But in a great way, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So that's why it was. You know, it was. It, I, a, I thought it stood up to those bigger, more yeah. expensive beers. Sure. There's a subtlety sure. to this that they don't usually do. Yeah, um, and yeah. they did it very beautifully. Well balanced. put. There were no Sour Patch Kids in this beer at no. all. No, no Warm, cereal. Yeah, no yeah. marshmallows. Yeah, mm. but I mean that's an <laughs> that's a testament to the great brewers that they have. Yeah, yeah, they do. We'll be back with some more greatest hits in just a minute. Hey, welcome back to uh, Sip Suds and Smokes. On today's uh, episode, we're going through the best of. Season 8. Hey, this is good old boy Mike. I'm going to be joining you for this segment, as well as uh, the rest of the co-hosts we've had on the rest of the episode. So, Mike, why don't you tell us your best of 2020 beer? So, uh, my best of beer for Season 8 is going to be from Edmunds Oast. Ooh, South Carolina. Yeah, so we did an episode on Edmund's Oast really early on in the season, and fantastic brewery. Um, but I think we said that was one of the best overall flights we've had like in a long time. I think it's one of the best we've ever done. Super solid. It was, and uh, you know that's really um, when I think of probably who was the best brewery. Uh, that we had for this year, I would have to give it up for Edmund. So it was, it's pretty rare for us to sit around with a flight of five or six beers 
and for us to just go, wow, man, yeah. Yeah. Um, even the ones that maybe we rated a little bit lower, we're still stunning beers, you know. Um, so really great, uh, fantastic beer. But there was only one beer that we had in our entire season where everybody rated this a five, and that was the Pills. Mm. And that's because oh, we only yeah. go up to five. And uh, you really- know what? I um, think I've still got a can of that. I wish I'd know. <laughs> Mike, Mike <laughs> would give you $100. I, right I would. It was really unfortunate that I didn't have that beer uh, to bring for us to enjoy. Once again, unfortunately, a distributor uh, didn't have any, um, and I think this is just kind of the- the way that COVID has gone is that, yeah. you know, we just haven't seen, you know, the same variety of beers. And, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it was just, there were so many things that I loved about that moment, about that beer. We've talked so much about how difficult it is to make a very simple beer really, really well. Yeah. You know, um, there's nowhere to hide your. There is absolutely right. no place right. to run. You know when you are making a pilsner. I mean, there's just such a basic level of ingredients. You're either it's going to sink or swim. You know, really quick. And for all of us to sit and gush over um, that beer uh, for you know an episode and I'll score a five. Wait, I mean, I have to give it up to. Um, I love great pilsner. And uh, I especially like when it's when it's made really well. So um, definitely a five for the uh, Edmonton's pills all the way. Nice. I agree. Oh yeah, totally. Well, the fact that you know there was a, at least one really good IPA. Yep. In that, and so there was a, I think a pale ale. There was a Belgian. Bound in time. There was I a think blonde, it's that IPA. There was yeah. a couple of fruited ones. You know, I mean, it. So it's like. For that to not only it wasn't stand even out, a single style of beer. Yeah, it was just a every, wide variety. Yeah, it yeah. was. We had a. Yeah. I think we had a brown. The whole flight was just tremendous. That, it really yeah, was, yeah, and you don't get yeah. that that often. And those guys have grown. You know, like they've yeah. expanded recently. So you, it's unusual that's to what see. You were talking about yeah, like, it's unusual to see a brewery really hit the ground running after a big expansion. Because like a lot that. of times the, the quality is the first thing that right. falls off. It takes the them a while to get it figured yeah. out. But yeah. That Pilsner was such a great representation of a classic German style pils. Yeah. yeah, I think you could take that to Germany to find a bunch of Pilsner lovers, let them taste it blind and go, we made that in America. <laughs> and they would look at you yeah, funny because yeah. it's that good. So yeah. that's what I really loved about uh, the timing about that particular beer. And um, so our friends at uh, the Beer Temple in Chicago actually ran what I thought was one of the best blind tastings I've seen of Pilsners in quite a while outside of a beer competition. And I actually was hanging tough with them. It was like a three-round uh, deal. Um, I believe they had some 40-odd Pilsners that were Ooh. in that blind tasting. And it was a round-robin um, style of competition. And it was really fantastic. And unfortunately, the Edmonds those Pils was actually not in the running. Um, and I, I would have loved to have seen how well that it would have done within that. Um, one of my favorites uh, from Firestone Walker, People Pills, mm -hmm. um, you know, did very, very well in that competition. But it was interesting. There were actually some, you know, um, uh, German uh, pills that were in that competition that hit the States. And uh, several of them actually did not make the top five. So I was really impressed with how well American brewers were doing of making a European style beer yeah, yeah. very, very well. Um, on American soil. So that really, you know, had 
a very, I thought, a really heavy uh, outcome for a lot of brewers to continue to embrace a lot of old world style uh, beers and really make them well here in America. I think, like, you know, Pilsner is probably one of the original lawnmower beers. For sure. You know, back when yeah. your lawnmower yeah. was a couple of donkeys pulling up. <laughs> This, it, I, I guess, I guess I'll say that this is. You guys can disagree with me if you want, but that, you know, for the last few years, it was rumored to be the year of the lager, right? Yeah. So right. then, yeah. it seems like oddly enough, it actually sort of happened this year, and that a lot of really great breweries. Now, I do remember. You guys may not remember this, but when we went to that. Um, festival the state of origin festival oh yeah uh-huh. yeah and and uh in american Carolina. american solera were there sponsored yep. by and they Font had Flora. two beers and one of their beer oh. one of their beers was a was a was yep. a czech pilsner yep. yeah that was just as clean as granny's kitchen counter and they said look this is like the other beer took him like five minutes to describe and yeah. then he said this is the beer we drink at the yeah. brewery and i was like i'll try that one first yeah yeah <laughs> and it was and great like, it was yeah, great i, I was like i'm so yeah. ready for yeah. this style to come you know get somebody at yeah. that same place did like this uh rice lager yeah. that was like yeah. super clean yeah. and super cool so it's good yeah. to see these american breweries i think they've been poised to do this for a while so well, they finally executed against as in America, yeah. we got poisoned against it loggers got because of well, you, you, yeah. think, macro you thought you beers. could hop your hop yourself, you know, into you know tackling the American palate, and I think that that's really to me. I really think this is throwing the gauntlet down of saying, make great beer first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you are not going to flavor your way into uh, yeah. the American palate. Yeah. But like lager was like your dad or your granddad's, you know, yeah. crappy macro beer, yeah. and yeah. and if it's like you know nobody wants to be get everybody on board wrapped yeah. around yeah. that, and it's like okay, this is what lagers actually are. The knee jerk reaction you know? most people yeah, have sure. to a pilsner yeah, is like, I mean, eh, not very complex. I don't no, know. Yeah. our our ancestors were drinking some good beer. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. It yeah. might not be full of yeah. all the bells and whistles, but yeah. it was it some good have, uh, beer. It doesn't have gummy bears in it. But yeah. it's, no. <laughs> it's a couple of other things really kind of caught my attention yeah. for, uh, you know, the season eight. Um, just, I love the fact that even in spite of all the challenging components that many brewers face this year, we still had a lot of great quality beer we and did. even new uh, beers being introduced through this year. And so I think the, you know, the brewers could have made a lot of interesting choices. You know, some of them, in fact, just packed it in and said, screw it. You know, yeah. um, I'm losing money making beer. I'll just pick this up, you know, in a year from now. And some of them have, you know, made that particular choice. Um you know, some brewers have said, I'm just going to not make 20 beers. I'm going to make five this year. And I'm going to make stuff that I know that I can sell, um, that I can still distribute. So I really have to say the innovation and the uh, way that many brewers, you know, continue to operate this year, uh, as far as I'm concerned, have probably won the biggest award that I could hand out to them. And that is yeah. one for survivability and yes. uh, the measure of fortitude that they've really had to forge through this. I know there have been a lot of breweries that have gone out of business as a result of this year um, or have been bought out. And... Uh, 
I really have to say that uh, this was a very challenging year from an operational um, and a you know business perspective for brewers, yeah. and uh, we've seen a lot of uh, interesting things. The fallout with the Brewers Association um, was probably the one mm-hmm. thing that captured everybody's yeah. attention. It's heartbreaking. Uh, so much. And we have a yeah. lot of good friends that work there at the Brewers Association that are no longer there. And uh, I think they were doing, um, and continue will continue to do in the future, such a great job of representing the interests of independent craft brewers. I just think that this was really tough. I didn't realize that such a large percentage of the revenue was driven off of brewery festival events. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so uh, I think that uh, that's one thing that maybe in the future to diversify, you know, the style of revenue that they have coming in from being so one dimensional from the festivals themselves and being able to pick a sustainable business model that they'll be able to not be so reliant upon, you know, one particular style of revenue. Yep. Well, speaking of beer festivals, you know, the one thing that uh, we didn't do were beer festivals um, in uh, in season eight. And, you know, I really found the amount of beers that I was really sampling this year was incredibly low. I mean, yes. uh, I kind of hauled back through my beer dry- diary thinking about, you know, what was going to be my best of choice, maybe 200 beers, you know, this year. I usually probably sample somewhere in the neighborhood of two to 3,000, um, just stunning. Um and uh, I, that was, I thought, a real tragedy. But I was thinking about some of the way in which people that are managing and putting on beer festivals have really kind of soldiered through this. And there's a couple of folks that I thought were doing this a little bit better than some others. And I really have to hand out some kudos to a couple of those um, outfits and a few of those events. Easily at the top of our list already for beer festivals themselves was Rhizome Productions. And, um, you know, uh, they were really killing it in um, both local and regional um, festivals and uh, had really moved on to managing some national level festivals with um, a uh, with the Shelton Brothers Brothers, uh, festival that was scheduled to take place in North Carolina this year. And unfortunately, not only did they, the festival get canceled, but Shelton Brothers himself have gone out of business and delayed. Mike, delayed. The festival got delayed. Delayed is that is that the official man, word? We could have gotten a refund. Oh, I'm sorry. That technical term. <laughs> yeah. And what kind of lube is required for they that technicality? It. They so, delayed it until they definitely. declared bankruptcy. I really loved the way that uh, all the crew really rallied at Rhizome. You know, they're uh, they're close friends. In fact, you know, Kendall. Um, works very closely on the Rhizome production team, but it's easy for him to step away and look at it objectively and say, "Wow, did we make uh, did we make the best of a crappy situation?" Yeah, it was a really interesting year for us. We had a festival scheduled for that uh, middle of March, uh, March thirteenth and fourteenth in Chattanooga. Yeah, and I mean we. I literally had my car packed full of gear that ready didn't to go. That cancel to the last And we minute. canceled yeah, it yeah. literally at the yeah. last minute. I was about to pull out of town. And, um, you know, we transitioned to doing small virtual events, which I've been on most of those. It's been a real pleasure. We feel like people have been engaged. It's been a lot of fun uh, where people get, you know, cheese and charcuterie and chocolate and yeah. beer yeah. and swag. It's been a good time. 
I also uh, personally attended the Untapped Festival, okay. which uh, they used halftime to ship the beer out. Because that's much larger than what Rhizome's doing. It I was, was, uh, was going to say, they to compare those two is not really super fair. Several yeah. thousand yeah. people, yeah. I think, yeah. on theirs. But they basically just did Zoom calls. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it yeah. was, uh, th- I thought that was fun. So I've attended virtual festivals and put on virtual festivals and... Uh, made the best of a bad situation, yeah. but I am ready to get back to beer festivals. Yeah, well, absolutely. I definitely thought that uh, the Rhizome Productions really rose to the occasion very well. I was at the Untapped one. I was also yep. on some of the ones they put on for uh, GABF um, as well. It's probably oh, some nice. yeah. some you know twenty or thirty odd you know virtual tastings. And yeah. I have to say, uh, Matt and company at uh, Rhizome absolutely brought it to the table. I love. Probably a big thing is they actually brought beer uh, for everybody to taste. But, you know, those charcuterie boards, you know, were almost as tasty as the beer themselves. I think we should point out that I I don't think Matt's doing this. I don't think they're making money at this, right? I mean, there's no way. I mean, like 25 people, you know, sort of limited. I'll just say it's it's sort of breaking breaking even. So it's it's, it's a labor of love. It's a way to keep the name out there and to stay engaged with our followers. You got to give appreciation for that alone, you know. Yeah, true. It's just to try to keep the flame alight, you know. Very good. It's been awesome. It has been great. Well, thanks. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about mine for a second, if that's okay. Yeah. Good old gal, Juliana. What was your favorite beer? Well, okay. Look, I got to be I mean, I had like 12. (laughs) I know, and I did too. So, from Ology Brewing Company, and we recently did an Ology Brewing Company takeover. They are from Florida. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you listen to that episode. They finally landed in Tennessee, so I didn't have to go to Georgia to get this beer, which I'm really thrilled about. But the beer is called I Drive a Dodge Strata, which is a 6.5% hazy IPA. Awesome beer, awesome name. New England IPA, like hazy IPA. Yep. With Strata Hops. Yep. And I absolutely loved this beer because it was New England, but it wasn't completely New England. And they did their own little twist on it. It is a bit hazy. It's just so drinkable, so yummy. And what would you think the twist is? They dry hopped it with some Dodge Strata upholstery. <laughs> <laughs> and I rated this a five. <laughs> it's a great beer. It's beautiful. It's a great beer. Great beer, Julia. Soft as a soft as a butterfly's wing. Yes, that's me. All right. Great stuff, everyone. That's going to wrap it up for today's Sud segment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're listening to us online, please do a, yourself a favor and tap. Just tap it in. Tap. Tap, 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 tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, <laughs> tap, tap that tap subscribe button. Tap that. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or Uncle Larry play podcasts of Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at SipsudSmokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. And millions! Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us and we get to see your feedback as well. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Good old boy, Caperton. Hey, it's been fun, everybody. See you next time. 
Coulda by Mike. Hey, we really love season eight. I'm so glad you joined us today and come back. Join us for another exciting episode and season of Sip Suds and Smokes. I'll ask you to keep on sipping. 2021. Coulda boy Kendall. Yeah, good riddance 2020. Yeah. Here's to a better 2021. Cheers. And please tell us about your blog. My beautiful wife and I blog about the good news of good beer at beermakes3.com. Good boy, Dave. I predict season nine will be nine eighths as good as season eight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is good old gal, Juliana. Yes, 2020 is ending. Thank God. And yes. 2021 is yes. ahead of us. To all Cheers of the brewers out there, whether you're home brewers, small town brewers, even big town brewers, thank you for all that you've done to keep us sane. Cheers. been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see you all next time <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>